So what happened was is I made the decision that I'm, I need to start earning income from my music. And when I made that decision, I realized that the only reason I hadn't started making money was because I was hoping somebody else would come along and would do it for me. Hello and welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Now, I started this podcast as a way to give you access to the thoughts, ideas, and suggestions from people who actually work every day in the music industry on how to move your music career forward. Now, I'm blessed to have helped launch the career of superstar Taylor Swift, and I served as her manager for two years. I currently manage American Idol winner Trent Harmon, consult Scott Borchetta and the Big Machine Label Group, and have been helping thousands of artists around the world navigate the music industry. By the way, contrary to popular belief, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help you make sure that you are on the right track. Enjoy the podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So in this episode, I don't know where this thing could end up. Whenever I get this guy on the phone, we talk about so many different things. I should also say that this episode is being brought to you by AirPods. Uh, we are both using <laughs> our AirPods for the first time. Uh, I'm with Greg Wilnall. Now, Greg is one of the first people in the industry that I reached out to after hearing his podcast, The Musician Monster Podcast. And there were a few things that impressed me. One was the quality of the podcast. What freaked me out was that you said you used to be a musician. So the mindset that you had just kind of blew me away because that's not what I was accustomed to dealing with. And then when I saw how good a quality your web page, your show notes, everything, I'm just like, okay, this guy's awesome. So I reached out to you and we ended up having a conversation and I've been following your stuff ever since. And uh, I, I can't wait for you to tell people the story and the journey you're on right now. But today... I want us to really talk about mindset in general, just not in music, but in life and maybe the mindset that caused you and your wife to do this journey that you're on. So first and foremost, welcome, man. It's good to catch up with you. Hey, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. And I mean, you know, hearing all those nice things you say about uh, all my stuff, you know, I hope uh, nobody's disappointed when they go check it out. But uh, <laughs> they won't be. If they I really are, appreciate the yeah. kind words. If they are disappointed then they need to talk to their therapist. There's nothing you or I can do <laughs> to help them. But uh, tell people before we get started uh, in your musical journey, where are you at today? I'm in a little town in Switzerland called Münster. It's in the Swiss Alps. There's snow everywhere. And I'm here with my wife and our little Welsh corgi uh, traveling the world. And tell them how that came to be, because this blew my mind when I got you on the phone the other day and you said, dude, I'm not at the house. I'm in a different time zone. I'll call you. And then you told me what you did. Tell everyone what you did. I think this is super cool. We sold our house in Orlando, Florida and all of our stuff and we're traveling the world for the next 11 months. So and because um, we just decided that we were both born and raised in, in Orlando, Florida by our parents and a few years ago, my wife and I made the decision that we were going to do things differently. We started our own business. I started my music business. And to us, this was the last 
tie that we needed to cut to fully control our own destiny. And we just decided to do it. I think that's huge. I was telling my wife that story and she kind of looked at me like I was a loser. But, hey, we were on our cruise. We were on our way to the Grand Cayman and uh, and to Cozumel. But what's neat is that you put yourself in a position to be able to do this because of the Internet. The Internet is allowing you and your wife right now to travel the world for a year with your dog, continue to make a living. You have right. money sitting in the bank waiting for you when you get back. So it's not like you had to blow through everything because you're continually able to replenish the supply, you know, right. while you're out on the road because of the Internet. And you were a drummer in a band, right? Well, I'm still a drummer. I'm taking a little break, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> yes. OK, so most I, the good thing about drums is I don't have to have them by me to do it. It annoys the hell right. out of my wife. Right. But <laughs> the thing that I'm trying to say is that this all came and this whole mindset came. You st you're, you're a band guy. You're a band dude. That's what impressed me about the musician's mindset was that not only are you a businessman now, but you, you see really unique opportunities. And we were, we were both part of Michael's uh, event a couple weeks ago, and I remember you hearing – telling the story about a boulder being in the middle of the road and tell, tell, tell us a little bit about that story. And then I want to go off on that for a second. Yeah. Um, we were talking about finding ways around obstacles. Um, and I made the analogy of if you've got a path in front of you and an obstruction, you have two options. You can either look at the obstruction and bitch about it and or find out how to get around it or look for ways to get around it. And I realized that that is the same thing that you do um, if you want to get anything out of life. Right. right. You either focus on the problem and what's stopping you or you find a way around it. And that's what helped me do what, I'm, what we're going to be talking about as I started doing that. You know, it's interesting, though, because I was listening to Gary Vee and he always says, you know, most people – he said, I don't think he used the word losers, but he says, you know, the, the losers in life are the ones that bitch about the situation instead of changing the situation that's currently available. You can't we, we try to change things to the way we want it instead of dealing with the way that it is. And everything that I hear, I always try to relate back to the mindset of a musician. You know, right now, if you look at the numbers, there are probably I'm going to say in the genres of music that we're accustomed to seeing, the pop, the country, the hip hop, the things like that, there are probably 500 artists signed to major record label right now. 500 artists. Uh -huh. We'll just use that for math. Out of that, there are probably 20 superstars. Uh -huh. There's... Probably another 30 A-listers. What you guys don't realize is the majority of the other folks are in debt right now. Yeah. There are more independent artists in the world making money than there are those that are signed to major labels making money. But for the longest yeah. time, everyone felt that's where we needed to be. And that's not where we need to be. Anymore, And as soon as we can figure that out, as soon as I can create the magic formula to spray over the independent music community 
to say it is okay being exactly where you are today because the tools right. are available. The tools aren't necessarily available to the folks that are signed to the major label because you have to ask permission to do almost anything. Now, let me say this. Let me clear this up right now. I am pro-label. I am all about the right partnerships. I'm all about being in bed with somebody who's got great relationships in an unlimited bank account. Trust me, I'm all about that. But that's not the end-all, be-all, and it doesn't have to be that. I'm doing more with my independent artists that I manage than I am with my artists that signed to a major label. When did the mm -hmm. mind shift change for you when you weren't expecting everyone else to do it for you? Yeah. So I can literally say that I have experienced the transformation that occurs when you think that way and when you think this way, the mindset shift. So the moment that that happened to me was the defining moment of my life. So what changed for me is I realized, okay, so let me, let me tell you my story really quick and yep. it, it leads up to this whole thing. So I was a construction worker uh, in Orlando, Florida. I installed air conditioning systems in attics and I was doing my music on the side um, at nights and on the weekends performing live for years and I wasn't earning any income. And one day I was in an attic sweating my ass off and I was like, this sucks. I'm sick of this. So what happened was is I made the decision that I'm, I need to start earning income from my music. And when I made that decision, I realized that the only reason I hadn't started making money was because I was hoping somebody else would come along and would do it for me. And then that was the light bulb moment because what happened was, as I said, okay, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I made the decision instead of hoping for somebody else to do it, that I would do it. And it was so, like a light bulb. But man. how did you really not think of that as like a cliche? You know, I can't tell you. I just mentioned in my last podcast, I said, so often people will say, well, I'll just put it in God's hands. I'm like, what makes you think God did? That's an excuse. What makes you think God didn't put me in your life? Maybe God put me in your life to help you. But what are you waiting for? A burning bush? You know, it's like, you know, it's like it's, it's like if it's meant to be, it's up to me. That's great on a bumper sticker, but more people don't do that. What made you different to do it? That's what I want to know. Not the cool words. What made you different? Because I admitted to myself honestly and deeply okay. that I was where I was because of decisions that I had made yesterday. Right. And those were the, the results of the decisions were where I was today. And then I could say I now choose otherwise. So instead of looking for things out there to make what I wanted to happen, happen, I started looking in here at what I could do Great. instead of and what somebody else. So could let's do. talk about what you started noticing that you could do that you weren't dependent on someone else for. Well, I was playing live shows, right, okay. in my local area, so you're live and I didn't now. want to do that. Okay. Yeah, I wanted to play shows, and I wanted to go on tour. I wanted to play out of my area. I wanted to leave my job and earn dependable income doing what I loved instead of going to a job I hated every day just to pay bills, all right? Sure, that was which is probably wanted. the majority of people listening to this right now or most band members. So good. We're on the right track. We're talking <laughs> to the right guy. Okay, perfect. So I was getting – I was – all the typical stuff you run into. I was practicing my ass off, spending tons of money, hours practicing, tons of energy going. I would drive to a gig, not get paid. 
you know, made promises that weren't kept. Venue owners would say something. Promoters would say something. I'd get a split of the bar, split of the door and wouldn't get anything or whatever, you know. So I realized with this theme that we're following that I was putting control of my ability to earn income in their hands, Mm. right? So I started – instead of looking at how much that sucked, the boulder, I started looking at how I could get around it. And what I came up with was, okay, if I want to be able to control my ability to earn income from these shows, I need something to sell, right? So I didn't have anything professional that I could sell. Like I didn't have the money to go into the studio. I had demo songs that were on my brother's computer. Right. Um, So what what I did is I burned those songs onto a disc and – used that at gigs to start accepting donations and started earning income. So that was the first step. Okay. So first step is you created a product. I, yes. And it wasn't the fanciest product in the world, but it was a product. It was a start. That I owned and controlled my ability to earn income from Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. So I could, I could go, it didn't matter what the venue owner or the promoter said, or this ticket sales or split it or whatever. I had something that I was in control of that I could, people could give me money for. Okay. So that was the first small thing. What was the messaging? Because a lot of artists are scared to ask for money. They'll, they'll be the first to tell you they're broke. (laughs) They'll be the first to tell you they're broke, but they're the worst when it comes to asking for money. What way being, like you just said, little introvert, you know, I had a guy bust my ass the other day, said, Rick, seems like everything you teach is for extroverts. What about us introverts? I'm like, no, I'm just teaching you how to use tools. You know, it's like if you don't want anybody to see your face, that's up to you. But there isn't a magic formula for everyone. But you being the introvert, what was your messaging to get them to come over? Do you remember? Yeah, I totally remember. Um, I am an introvert, like. I definitely admire people like you and you for being so extroverted, but I was deathly afraid and I didn't want to. So what I ended up doing was, so there was first, I tried two methods. The first method was I was like, okay, I need to be a businessman. I need to be a salesman. I need to, you know, try to get people to buy my stuff. So I share this in the webinar that I do, but I'll tell it here because it's a pretty funny story. So I was so sick of not making money. So I took one of these little demo CDs and I walked up to some people at the bar and I essentially tried to convince them that they ought to like my music, listen Mm. to it, and then buy it. So long story short... A picture like the most awkward situation you've ever been in, maybe like in high school with like some a dating scenario asking somebody out. Sure. This was way worse, man. This was so much worse. <laughs> like I was so embarrassed that I actually went into the restroom at the gig and didn't come out until it was time to to, to do the show. So um, I realized that that way wasn't going to work for me. You know, I had to come up with something else. So the next time what I did was – I, I did the show and then a guy came up to me and started talking to me and said, hey, I really liked your music. Uh, do you where can I get some? So I thought about the CD demos that I had in my pocket and then the old situation that I just experienced. And I was like, so I tried something totally different. I, I leveled with them. I said, hey, dude, I don't have any professional recordings. I have some CD demos in my in my pocket, but they're not pro and I don't feel comfortable charging you for them. So what I'll do is I'll go ahead and give this to you and you can just give me whatever you want. You know, if you want to take them for free, you can take them. If you want to give me something, you know, go ahead. 
And what he did next, I'll never forget. He reached into his pocket and he pulls out 13 bucks and he says, sure, man, here you go. Wow. And I was like, I was like, holy shit. It went from this awkward transactional where I'm trying to get somebody to do something to this relationship building donation based. I'm choosing to support this guy. And what was the best about it was I felt good. It felt natural. Well, and I think, too, Um, (coughs) excuse me, I think, too, is when you were honest. You know, sometimes we think that we have to we have to put up this false of what it's like to be an artist. You know, it's like you don't know how many people think that just because someone has a song on the radio that they're millionaires. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. But I think sometimes if you can just be honest with people and say, look, guys, here's what here's what I had Taylor say from the stage. I just said she said, look, at the end of the show, I would love to meet all of you that would love to meet me. I'll see you at the merch table. This is where I'll be. That was a start for her. Then she went and said, hey, my manager came up on the bus, made me autograph 500 copies of this CD. You'd be my new best friend if you'd go buy one. You know, she just kind of kept progressing. So I think what I encourage folks to do is while you're on stage, just let people know you'd love to to meet them. Say, you know what, we've got music, if that's what you're into. We've got T-shirts, if that's what you're into. But I would just love to say hi. You know, get them over to the merch table is probably the hardest thing. So bring them over there with like an honest story. Uh, and, and don't be afraid when you're awkward to say you're awkward. You know, I disarm yeah, people when I get on stage. I yeah. I'll disarm them. I'll say, look, by the way, cameraman, if you could find the thin angle on your camera, you know, I'll say something to get them cracking up. I'll say something to get them laughing. But I'll also say I'm as nervous as you guys are right now. You know, it's yeah. like I, I just spoke at a at an event and my walk on music was Eminem's lose yourself. And I get up there and, uh, all of a sudden I had to pee and I said, man, and that's how I started this presentation. Now I'm in this contest. I'm in this presentation. I said, how many people here speak? For, and they all raised. I said, what is it that we can pee right before we get on stage? But as soon as we get on stage, we got to pee again. Now I had these folks, now we had That's a great. really cool, honest conversation, you know, and, and for a band, you could you could have said, you know what, guys, the last time I tried to figure out how to invite you to hang out with me after the show and possibly buy some music, I ended up puking in the bathroom. I was that <laughs> nervous to hang out with you. But, dude, that's what I want. I want us to get to know each other. So this is where I'm going to be. They would go, dude, I'm going to yeah. go. You know, people want to root for us. We have to give yeah. them a root well, for us. Yeah. Well, also, too, there's a psychological principle for that, and it's called self-deprecation. And what it is is when you're on stage, people feel threatened or inferior to this person. And when you kind of bring yourself down to their level, the defenses go down and they're like, "Okay, I don't need to be. It sounds like from a psychological level, um, you know, they're like, "Okay, I don't need to be to worry about this guy or be afraid of this guy anymore. So it just makes them more comfortable. So you talked earlier about a webinar, and I know you've got some things that kind of introduce people to your world. Tell us, one, how people can connect with you, where they can get their first taste of the musician monster, you know, and then, you know, where is it that you can give them some stuff that they could sit there and go, you know what, dude, I love this guy, and hey, I want to check into his other products, you know, where's the the freemiums here, where's the let's get on the Greg train? (laughs) Well, I definitely, definitely recommend listening to the podcast. 
Um, if I have a bl- the blueprint, the live show blueprint, okay. talking about the the things that I do at every live performance Wonderful. Um, to earn income. Yep. So if you want that, you can go to musicianmonster.com forward slash blueprint. Okay. And we'll, we'll it's have literally it in the show notes as well. So we'll put okay, it in the perfect. show notes as well, so they can so they can get that. And this is literally go ahead now that I've made sure they know they're going to get it. Tell them what's in the blueprint. Uh, it's every step. There's four of them that I do and developed at my live performances to earn income. I was able to go into any venue, whether the people there had heard me before or not. I was able to go in, do these things, earn income, and grow an audience. So and, and it's scalable. And what I wanted to share with people too is that most folks – jump out of the gate saying, I want to make a living with my music. And I want to say, let's back up a second. Let's put that in phases. Why don't we start by let's become profitable? Or even before that, let's break even. Let's break even. Everything that we're putting in the music, let's make sure that we get it back. Then let's become profitable and then start working your way towards making a living. But a lot of what people aren't willing to do, and this is something that, that you and I talked about a little bit is they're not willing to bootstrap. They're not willing to cut some things out of their life. They have this such a high level of, well, this is what it's going to cost for me to make a living. Well, sometimes that's unrealistic. You know, it's like sometimes you got to be willing to bootstrap. I want to ask you, and we'll end on this, what is the best advice that you remember getting that made you just all of a sudden go, okay, wait a minute, one, I can do this. Two, I realize it's going to be me. But what was that one bit of advice or what was that one moment when you looked and went like, holy crap, I paid my rent this month because of the money that I made from music utilizing this blueprint? Because that's what you did. You tried to figure out a blueprint because you ultimately wanted to make a living with your music. Right. And I made the decision that I was going to make it happen. And do you remember, was there something someone said? Was it something that you heard? Was it a voice? Was it your wife punching you in the jaw? I mean, what was it that, you know, made you realize what was that defining moment for you? Uh, The defining moment for me, um, I was reading a book called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And if you ever if you want to know what this mindset is that everybody keeps talking about, read the first chapter from that book. It will teach you how to acquire that mindset. And that was true for me. But he, the, I'll never forget it. It was the line in this book, and he led up to it beautifully to where it gave me like the light bulb. You know, I suddenly realized that I could do it. And it, he said that if you believe that the problem exists out there, you know, mm-hmm. meaning in the venue owners, the industry, the promoter, the president, then that thought is the problem. Wow. And it's, and I, so I realized it gave me something specific that I could attack and change. Whenever I started thinking about the thing that was stopping me, I realized that that thought was the problem. So I trained myself to think of what to do, what I could do instead. And then the moment that I did that was the moment that everything changed. And a year, a month later, I, I made $800 performing my live music. The next month, I made 1200 and it grew from there. But it wow. started with that initial thought. And now I'm in Switzerland. Good for you with the wife and the dog. <laughs> yeah. 
And it but I think that there's this paradigm. There's this paradigm that exists that most of us musicians operate under. It's the old school paradigm where we think that we have to be Axl Rose or this rock star. And it's just you have to fight that. And once you have that paradigm shift, you have to have that before you can start doing what you love. Dude, and it's well, I, just well, yeah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you taking the time for us to get together like this. Uh, like I said, I want to be able to not only share you with my podcast audience, but uh, the people who are in my programs, because I think that you speak their language because you're them. And it's real easy sometimes for me to come and say, listen, this is the mindset that you should have as a musician. And they're like, well, Rick, you've never been a musician. I said, no, but I've nurtured plenty of them. So when I get a chance to talk to guys like you that are musicians that have done it and have been able to put together the the process to share with other people, you know, it's like you're not coming in here going, I'm going to show you how to make twenty five thousand dollars per show. No, you're going to show them how to start making money. And that money yeah. is really dependent on what they want to put into it, what they want to create, the number of pieces they want to have, how many shows that they're playing. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into that. But the fact that you can give them actionable tools, I appreciate. You guys, I'll make sure that you've got Greg's information in the show notes. Uh, also, too, is if you just found me for the first time, hello, welcome. I would love if you would take the time to rate and review this podcast. Also, Head over to the website, rickbarker.com. I would like to give you a free copy of my book, The $150,000 Music Degree. And while you're there, you can take the musician's quiz. I have a handout for you. One of the things that I've realized is that no two artist career paths have ever been the same. And what's important for one person isn't necessarily important for another. So if you'll take 25, 30 seconds, answer three questions on the quiz, I will send you a handout specific to your needs, plus invite you to uh, free training that I'm hosting as well. So thanks again, Greg. Enjoy. Travel safe. Uh, can't wait to connect with you when you get back. And I'll talk to you guys on the next episode. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Remember, there is no one-size-fits-all model when it comes to the music industry. So check out my website, rickbarker.com. Take the quiz, and I will send you information specific to you to help make sure that you are on the right track. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water. You drown by staying there. <laughs>